patrons. Welcome to this week's episode of The Alternate Timeline. So I'm not going to lie to you, this week has been totally all over the place for me. Um, It is fire season here in California, and there are now a bunch of fires making the air where I am really smoky, which means that when I go outside, I wear both an N95 mask and a cloth mask on top because we have two plagues at once right now. I also just do want to point out and sort of say for folks who are maybe not in California or maybe are in California and don't know this, um, the situation in California right now is bad and it's also an extreme, in my opinion, indictment of our state. If you don't know this, uh, California often uses prison laborers to fight fires, which is already extremely problematic, asking incarcerated people to put their lives on the line when they are not free um, in the face of a wildfire. But now, because all of those prisoners are at really high risk of COVID, given that they are in small spaces with one another, they are generally not being provided masks or other kinds of PPE, and they literally cannot socially distance because they are in prison, they are not being allowed out to fight the fires. And not only that, they are also not being evacuated from active fire zones. So there's a fire in Vacaville right now, um, and there are two facilities nearby, the California Medical Facility and Solano State Prison, um, and they both currently hold incarcerated people. There are evacuation orders for homes literally yards away across the street from these facilities, but the state is currently not evacuating CMF and Solano. Um, If you are in California, I really do encourage you to read up about this and call your representatives to ask that these prisoners be kept safe and evacuated out of an active wildfire zone, which is like absurd that you have to ask for that. Um, Seems like a no-brainer. I will post some links in the show notes here um, for more about that and how you can learn about it and a call to action, sort of what you can do. So just so you know, you should be paying attention to that. In less apocalyptic news, uh, I also this week finally finalized a contract for another show that I'm working on. The contract negotiation for this show took a very long time. Um, This one is actually completely unrelated to Flash Forward. It's not about the future. It's sort of not in the Flash Forward universe at all. I'm sort of, I don't know, like midwifing this project for a friend who is a journalist who had this great idea for a show that she wanted to host, but she's never made a podcast before. So I'm kind of helping it all happen. Uh, Technically, I'm the executive producer um, and basically just making all of the, all of the behind the scenes stuff happen for that show. Um, So for that show, I am hiring an associate producer. I'm hiring an editor. I'm sort of spinning all of the logistics up, which is really fun. Um, But also for me, at least when I have a lot of these like little tasks uh, to complete that they always kind of wind up taking more time than I think. And then I get to the end of the day and I'm like, what did I do today? You know, it's like getting the job applications posted, going through the job applications or the people who've applied, getting the Dropbox and the Google Drive account set up, getting everybody onboarded, setting up email addresses, like just all these little things that have to happen that um, aren't like fun or sexy, but have to get done. Um, And I am the one who has to do them. Um, I can't say too much about that project just yet, um, but when I can tell you about it, I certainly will. Um, This week was also one in which a project that I thought might be dead came back to life, which is great and exciting, but again, now kind of means a lot of little logistical editorial things for me to handle. Um, But that show I can tell you about, so I'm going to tell you about it. So 
A while back, uh, last year, a company called Glitch asked me to host a podcast about hopeful futures called Open World. Um, it's an anthology show, so basically we went out, we picked some of our very favorite audio dramas that depict hope in the future in some way, kind of broadly interpreted, and then I interviewed the creators of those pieces. So the show was about like 80% done, um, and then the pandemic hit, and then Glitch laid off its entire media team, including the folks who are making this show. So for a while, it was unclear if it was going to happen or if it was just dead in the water. Um, the good news is that Glitch offered to let the lead producer, TK, um, have ownership over the show. Um, so TK and Glitch sort of went through several rounds of sort of legal conversations. Um, and now we are back in action and we are going to finish the show and you'll be able to hear it. And that is very exciting. Um and the show is now going to live under the Flash Forward Presents umbrella, which is also very exciting. So it's kind of going to be the first show under Flash Forward Presents that is not 100% me. It's got, you know, this other team. Um, and I'm really excited to kind of give it a home after it was unceremoniously booted out um, during a round of media layoffs, which are always very unfun. Um, but that also, of course, means that we now have to finish the show. <laughs> but it is close. Um, it's very close and it's going to be cool and I'm excited for you to hear it. Um, and I will be sure to let you all know when the trailer is up for that and you can actually subscribe to the feed. Um, and I will be loud about that both here and then also probably on Flash Forward um, and Advice Forum from the future just because, you know, if I got a show, I got to tell you about it. Um, so yeah, so you'll hear more about that soon. Okay, that is a lot of what I've been working on this week. So a lot of good stuff, but also just like a lot of logistics and getting ducks in a row and kind of, you know, checking off a bunch of stuff on a long list um, that isn't kind of like creative necessarily or sort of fun, um, which is fine. Obviously, that needs to get done. But sometimes for me, at least, that can be really draining or kind of like make me feel really scatterbrained. Um and that also ends up meaning that, uh, for example, uh, right now I am behind on next week's episode of Advice for and from the Future because so much of my time has been taken up by a lot of these little tasks and I haven't had time to really like deep focus, get into finishing that show. Um, but it will get done. It's it's close. It just needs to it just needs to get done. So don't worry. It will it will get done. Um, it just means I'm going to be working on the weekend. Um, OK, now. Let us talk about this week's Flash Forward episode, Game of Bones. Great episode name. Julia came up with it. Great job. Um, so just a little bit of maybe first behind the scenes on how this episode came to exist. So I have known Kaolu Fox, who you heard on the episode, for a little while now. And I've always been really impressed with his work and the way that he thinks about things. And we sort of kept in touch for a while. So when I heard that he got a job at UC San Diego, which is where I went to college, um, and was starting something called the Indigenous Futures Lab, I was like, okay, we like really need to figure out a way to get you on the show, figure out what it is we can talk about. Um, so he and I had this long phone call about ideas, um, and he ended up sending me this nature piece that he had written about the future of ancient DNA and bones and using remains more wisely that I mentioned in the episode. So I asked him if it would work to do a future where we didn't have any more of this material. You know, these bones were all ground up. And, you know, not to say that that will happen, but like, is that within the realm of kind of like a reasonable thing to talk about? And he was basically like, yeah, that would work. And then we could talk about the nuance there. Um, so that's what we did, obviously. <laughs> um, 
I will say that some archaeologists on Twitter have been peeved by the episode. Um, I think that really a lot of it is that it seems to me, and I haven't directly asked this of anybody, but it seems like most of the time folks are not familiar with Flash Forward um, and actually, in fact, don't seem to have listened to the episode. Um, A lot of the complaints come from a couple of tweets sort of summing up the episode about this premise, about what would happen if we ran out. Um, and their complaints are like, well, that's not going to happen. It's not that likely, you know, which is true and which I say (laughs) on the episode. Um, but it is actually kind of a nice reminder for me that some people might encounter the show without really knowing anything about it and without realizing that we often do posit these unlikely futures so that we can then kind of understand what the real science is and sort of walk back from there. So, you know, human head transplants, again, like not going to happen, but we start there and then we kind of explore the ideas using those, um, those fictional scenes. But it is always good for me to remember that not everybody realizes off the bat that when we posit this scenario at the top of the show, it does not mean that that will happen or even that it is likely to happen. Um, we're sort of more using the questions to get into topics, which you all know, but not everybody knows. Um, Anyway, uh, I did not actually cut very much from this particular episode. Um, The one thing that I did not wind up getting into was a little bit of a like lesson about humans and Neanderthals and sort of like how those to how we are related to them, the theories around how we may or may not be, you know, connected to one another, how humans sort of emerged as the dominant species, um, how we wound up sort of winning whatever that was. So here's um, so here's Naomi uh, talking about that. So generally, um, some of these ideas are um, um, changing over time with more and more um, information that we get. But in general, researchers think that um, modern people, so people that turned into us, um, came from Africa. And so at that same time that Neanderthals were living in Europe, doing their thing for a couple hundred thousand years in Europe, Um, our ancestors were in Africa evolving. And those um, people in Africa um, were developing certain techniques that um, were pretty sophisticated. And so one of the the, um, hypotheses is that these people then in Africa, they had such sophisticated techniques that they were able to go and colonize other parts of the world and then eventually replace all other hominins. Um, And I think that probably still is, well, the reasons why um, probably get, um, those are in flux. The people coming out of Africa had pretty sophisticated techniques and um, and now there's more and more evidence that um, Neanderthals in Europe were doing pretty similar things during these same time periods. So with their technology, but possibly also with um, jewelry, um, so like not through their whole existence, but um, or maybe it is through their whole existence and we just don't have the evidence for it. But at least some of the populations, it seemed like they did have some um, cool, like, animal teeth jewelry. Um, so, yeah, that's always an exciting thing to talk about. Anyway, so Neanderthals, um, in my opinion, um, they um, knew what they were doing with their raw materials. And they had a really good run of it in Europe and the Near East for a couple hundred thousand years. 
Did you know that Neanderthals made bone jewelry? I did not, and I think that is very cool. So, um, like I said on the episode, Benjamin's work is largely not yet published on a lot of the soil DNA stuff, but, um, but when he does publish stuff, I will be sure to link to it in the future dispatches here and on the Facebook page and all that good stuff, so you'll be able to see it. Okay, I think that's everything for this uh, bonus episode. It is a little short. Um, don't worry, I am working on the next episode of Flash Forward, and there are already like 10 things that I probably have to cut, so the next one will be jammed full of lots of stuff. Um, this one's just a little short. Okay, and then at the end, as always, a little secret um, today. I'm sitting here in my office, as I am much of the time in my life, and um, there was a knock on the door, and my partner went and answered the door and realized that he had forgotten that he had signed up for a bread CSA. So basically this person, this baker who used to work at a bakery that is now closed, sadly, because of coronavirus, um, has been doing baking on his own and created this bread CSA. So every week we get a fresh loaf of amazing bread. And he had forgotten that he had signed up for it. So it was like, not only, I mean, the bread CSA is very cool, but it was also like a surprise loaf of bread. And it's so good. I've already eaten like a lot of it and um, it's really good. So I'm super stoked about that. I can't wait for our next surprise bread. 